you know, I, I have, you know, no, what is it? They no horse in the fight or no, what, what's the saying? No dog in the fight. No dog uh, in the fight. Yeah. Horse so, in the race. Yeah. yeah. You created yeah. a new one there. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. Horses don't fight. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, Sooner fans? This is your host, Jeremiah Hall, number 27 on the field, but number one in your hearts. Today I have with me, you already know who it is, number nine on the field, my right hand man, Braden Willis. And this is the podcast on the prairie. Braden. What's going on, Jake? What's up, Mr. Graduate? I know, man. Sup, Mr. Two-time graduate? Yes, Sersky. You know, I was telling people all day yesterday that that was my first time walking across the stage. You know, I I didn't get to walk in high school because I graduated early, and they normally don't let people come back and graduate with the remaining class. They have an early graduation in February, but I didn't want to go to that. And so, sadly, they didn't make an exception for Jay Hall. They wrote me a nice little letter instead and, and, and congratulated <laughs> me. But I was just like, forget that letter and forget CMS, Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools. Then there was COVID. And so I didn't get to walk when I finished school. So I had to walk earlier this year. And even then, we had it in the stadium. But we didn't get to walk across the stage. We literally just walked in front of the stage on grass got a little handshake and a picture or whatever, and went about our day. So this time, we're in the McKin- was it McCaslin? McCaslin Fieldhouse, and there's a stage, and I was so nervous walking up there, bro. I think I was more nervous to walk across the stage than I was to play a football game, honestly. I don't know about you, but I think maybe because it was my first time. So I'm, I don't know. I mean, it's funny that you say that. Um I was, you know, we, my, my school was, we, we were in Lloyd Noble on Friday and I was with guys like my roommate Trouble and, uh, and BA and Tyrese and, uh, I think, uh, Finley was with us and Ian McGovern, uh, Ian McGovern, right? Yeah. Ian. Yeah, Ian. Ian McGovern. Uh, so all those guys were with us out oh, in D Kurt, all those guys were with us and uh, I was first, and it was them. It was uh, BA in trouble, or one of the. It was like it was some order like that. And as we were about to get to the stage, BA keeps on asking us, "Hey, are y'all nervous? Are y'all nervous?" And I'm like, "No." And he's like, "I don't know, man. I I just don't know." And I said, "For guys that play in front of eighty five thousand every week, y'all are acting real nervous." <laughs> Bro. I was like, "Why are y'all nervous?" This little crowd, but y'all going to play in front of 85,000 every week. So it just goes to show you that football players, it don't matter. We get nervous too. I did the exact same thing to Caleb. Caleb Kelly and Patrick Fields were with me, and we all walked in lines together. I'm like, bro, I'm I'm kind of nervous. Like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know cool. what it was. I, I don't know. I did my little, I did, you know, my little hop thing, though, across the stage. Shout out to the bros. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, I, yeah. you know when I was walking across the stage, I told them when we were walking up and we were waiting in line. I was like, "Say I won't go in like 
touch up with the uh ch- the dean like jump oh, up and, <laughs> you know the little you know the little thing we do on the field jump up yeah. touch shoulders you know everything like that I was gonna try to do but I thought I figured he he wouldn't know what I was gonna do like what I was doing so I figured it would just kind of look yeah weird. but if jump he knew up. what I was gonna do I would have did it I promise Bro. you y'all should have met up prior to. And then, you know, I wasn't thinking that far. I got down there and I was like, I want to do it. But then I, you know, I just then I just I visioned it in my head and it just didn't go like I, I just I was like, you know, this isn't going to go the way I wanted to go. So I was just like, I'm just going to go shake his hand, and take a picture. Yeah, that's probably the best way to go. Don't want to hurt the dean. No, I can't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, what if I would have jumped and like landed on him? And I mean, we're not small guys, you know, I, you know, I mean, that's 200 and. 35, 40, 40 pounds uh, uh, landing on you, you know, from some height, you know what I'm saying? It's just, you know, I'm not a physics major or anything, but, you know, I could jump a little bit and 240 pounds coming down, you know what I'm saying? I I, I just don't know if it would have been that great for him. So, you know, I think I did the best thing for his safety. Oh, bro. We were, my cohort, everybody that I'm graduating with, my OU MBA DNA gang, shout out to y'all. All of us are taking an intercession class during December and the beginning of January. So we're literally walking off the stage and we all sitting next we're all sitting next to each other and we're like, it doesn't even feel like graduation. We have another paper due like in a week or two. So by the way, I bro, remember last week when I was complaining about our trip to Israel and how it got canceled and how it's on Zoom and everything? Bro, there were people that actually reached out to the school. Oh. Shout out yes. Sooner Nation. Yes. Shout out to Sooner Nation, man. Y'all are real. You know, you know who well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna snitch her out, but there's somebody very close to Eddie, our executive director for the MBA program. And this is this is what happened. This is a, a, a segue to another story. So we have a cocktail party, right? You know, this is you know, everybody that, that's this is what happens when you're in your master's program. We have cocktail parties. We go out, drink alcohol. The the school pays for it, and you know that type of stuff because we're we're grown. <laughs> Bro, enough. Eddie Eddie comes up to me. He was like, "So I I heard you were giving me giving me crap on the podcast," and I froze. I froze. I didn't know what to say. He's like, "Yeah, yeah." Bro. I was gonna big, huh? <laughs> yeah, bro. He's like, yo, I guess I'll say his daughter, his daughter snitched me out. <laughs> oh, I oh, like that sometimes, man. Bro, yeah. So shout out to her, man. I didn't catch her name or anything, but we appreciate you listening to the pod. Uh, I don't know about you, bro. I know we've been talking about the same subject for a while, but after last episode, there were so many of you guys that reached out on my page um the podcast page and just said thank you to us for for doing what we do you know i i i've been trying to to get back to everybody on social media you know i've been busy packing my apartment and everything and and, you know graduating and all that type of stuff but i i want to get back to everybody that hit me up i'm slowly trying but i will because when i say thank you it turns into a conversation and I don't I don't mind that at all, but you know, it's uh it, it's it's been a fun, fun weekend. I feel the support. Thank you for all the well wishes for graduation. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we really love you guys. No, man, I agree. Uh first thing I want to touch on is graduation. And like you said, all the well wishes, man. Uh Sooner Nation just shows up and shows out with things like that. You know, my mom 
posted a picture and they're all y'all all up on there and everything like that. So shout out to y'all for that. And then like Jay Hall said, like I love to get back to every single one of y'all. It's just kind of hard, you know, with everything going on and bowl games and finals last week and everything. But one guy I do want to shout out, uh, Taylor Thomas. He reached out to our producer. Our producer let us know. He also sent us individual messages. And I just I just want to say that I, you know, tough situation he's going through. And he said that I said something on a pod one time that helped him go through it. And I'm just when we started this, I told him this. When Jay and I started this, we didn't know it was going to be this impactful on the community, but we are so glad that it is. And uh, hey, man, there's nothing we'd rather be doing. This has actually turned into a lot of fun. And it's like we're giving back to each other. Sooner Nation gives us support. We give y'all content. It's this is nice little relationship. It goes hand to hand. So I just want to say appreciate y'all and uh, shout out Taylor and yeah. Oh, and like I said, I appreciate the well wishes on graduation because, you know, that's a big moment for me. It's getting my first degree and everything. So, yes, sir. Shout out to you guys. Braden, speaking of a busy week, we have officially started back practice, ladies and gentlemen. So the way it works is we go home for Christmas break Monday. We're recording on Sunday, December 19th. So Monday, December 20th, we go home. So Friday was our Monday practice. Saturday was our Tuesday practice. Today, Sunday, the 19th was our Wednesday practice. And then tomorrow, Monday will be uh, Thursday practice. Prior to Friday, I think we had two practices just to make sure that, you know, we were staying in shape and, and that type of deal. Didn't want to get too far away from the game, but we're ready to go beat up on Oregon, man. We're ready for this for, for this fight after Christmas, go and see our families, smile, hug mama, give the baby some kisses and, and that type of deal. And Except for you. You can't hold the, the baby. Remember, we yeah. already discussed that. You can't hold the baby. You can give it kisses, but someone else has to hold the baby. Yeah, don't give Jay Hall your child. He might get dropped, and I'm not trying to be a liability. So <laughs> <laughs> there's that. But like I said, you're going to get this quick break, and then we'll be in San Antonio on Christmas Eve. Man, honestly, I have mixed feelings about playing during Christmas because obviously we, we don't get to see our families. But at the same time, football is is something that you don't get to play for long, and anytime you get to go out there, especially during a bowl game and play, uh, I'm going to play. So. It's it's kind of weird being with Yeah, it definitely makes feelings. I mean, when you I think earlier in the day, it's okay, you know, when we have practice and everything cuz you're doing so you love, but then afterwards you're like, man, like usually this is my be when my family is having Christmas dinner or, you know, uh family get together or whatever. So, yeah, definitely makes feelings, but like you say, you'll get to play football for long, so you, you try to enjoy it every every moment that you get to play football with your brother so yeah yeah for sure bro it really doesn't even hit until you start seeing videos of people on snapchat and instagram opening gifts and and that type of deal and you're just sitting there like man i'm in san antonio let's be nice i know right (laughs) hey bro remember uh matter of fact we did this uh the peach bowl it was me and you and on on christmas day just sitting (laughs) Just sitting in the hotel all day in Atlanta. Yeah. Oh yeah, and uh, funny story about that. I we we get down and we go to our Christmas dinner, 
And uh, not saying anything about the Peach Bowl at all, but the uh, Christmas dinner wasn't too hot compared to other places we have been to. And I had I had a plate. I know it's on my Snapchat somewhere. I, it'll take me too long to find. But I had a plate, and it was like chicken nugget or like chicken tenders, like some green beans and like something else. It just was like the most unappealing plate you could ever find. And I sent it to my mom, and she's like, oh, poor baby. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I need to go back home and eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mama's always looking out, man. Ah, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, It'd man. Like I, that, uh, we got to find a better spot. Oh, in. I found it. Found what? Oh, oh, the picture. <laughs> hey, we got, we got, uh, we got to stay. For that, everybody man. that's listening on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, uh, check on Twitter. Alex will send show this to y'all, but uh, on Twitter. But yeah, this is this was our this was our Christmas meal. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyways, real quick, ladies and gentlemen, moving on to around the world in college football, there really wasn't too much exciting news. Uh, Travis Hunter, the number one player in the nation, committed to uh, Deion Sanders at Jackson State. Uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more later in the podcast, but I don't think I've ever seen a flip like this. In a very long time, especially, you know, a player of that caliber and that ranking go to an HBCU. So grateful and uh, happy for the HBCU community because, you know, I want to see the black community thrive. You know, I I want to see them build their programs. I know historically they haven't always been the best and, you know, they haven't had the facilities and, you know, there's just a lot going on in the the swap. But uh, I think it's nice to see the, the switch up. So I'm interested to see what his future holds. And I wish those guys the best of luck for sure. Lastly, or not lastly, moving on to our next quick little topic. We got Theo Weiss coming back to, to OU. Brayden, do you think OU fans have forgotten about Theo just a little bit? Forgotten is a tough word. Yeah. I don't feel like Sooner Nation ever forgets about someone, but I think you kind of forget how good they are, if that makes sense. Not forgetting, forgot about them, but you kind of like just, you haven't seen them on the field in a minute, you know, and you're just like some of the plays that they have made kind of take a backseat to plays that have happened recently. So I just think you kind of gets pushed back a little bit, if that makes sense. But, no, for sure. But, uh, I mean, everybody was excited to see that. Obviously, I was on Twitter when that, when he announced that, and it, my Twitter feed was going crazy. Everybody was excited to see that. I was excited to see that, and for good reason. Before he got hurt, I think it's fair to say before he got hurt, I mean, the man was balling. He came back, and he looked great. So, I mean, I'm excited to see a fully healthy Theo Weiss and uh, – yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. It's going he's gonna be a pioneer for you know what we do in the future for uh, OU, the OU program. So and, you know with new coaches and everything. So shout out the. I couldn't have said it any better myself. I definitely don't think that Sooner Nation has forgotten about our boy number ten. However, he's coming back, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm looking forward to watching my boy Sean. I, I hope 
and pray that there are no further injuries for the kid in the future. And I, I wish him all the best. Sooner Nation, moving on to our next topic. We have somebody who has been highly requested for our interview. Coming up next on the podcast on the Prairie. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the man of the hour, we call him Marvelous around here. Our guy, Marvin Mims, man. Thank you for joining us on the show, brother. What's up? What's up, man? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No problem, man. No problem. You know how we do it, Brayden. Not wasting any time. Straight to the chase. But first, straight to tell it. the people, man. Tell the people, how did you get to OU? Man, it was it was kind of a crazy situation. So, um... My first ever recruiting visit was to OU. I came whenever y'all played TCU. I think it was Baker's last year, so it must have been CD's freshman year. I'm pretty sure TCU was probably, like, maybe top ten in the country. Y'all were, too. So it was a pretty big deal. It was a night game. It was real cold. But, um, man, I loved it. And, like, at that point, I was a sophomore, and I didn't I didn't really have, any, like, any offers or anything. No coaches talking to me. I just like my train, my receiver trainer just knew Coach Simmons and he got me tickets to the game. So I came up and checked it out. And then, I mean, ever since then, I mean, me and Coach Simmons talked. Then I started talking to Coach Gundy a little bit more as I got older. And then um, senior year, I started talking to Coach Riley and then um, took more and more visits, only two and a half hours from Frisco, Texas, where I'm from. And then um, decided to choose OU. Now, but, Marvin. Uh, hold on. Oh. Before we get into that, I want to say, uh, that Marv is kind of like a high school legend. I heard about Marv before I even got here just because of the stats that he used to put up. Marv in a single, it has the Texas State High School record for receiving yards in a career with like 5,000 and like 2,000 in a season. And that's what I always used to hear because I wasn't in high school at the time, but like everybody that used to talk to me, they, they like all my co- high school coaches used to be like, hey, they used to talk to me about the, and you know, guys that are coming and they'd be like, yo, that Marvin kid, he's like that. And I was like, oh, for real? I was like, okay. So yeah, Marv's kind of like a big deal, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, hey, Marv's kind of a big deal. We'll just yeah. leave it at that. Hey, <laughs> 5,485 yards, career yards, and 2,629 in the season, to be specific. Marv, what do you think when you look back and and, uh, reflect on those numbers? I mean, honestly, like, just the other day, I was kind of scrolling through some stuff, saw some high school stuff, and then, like, all that stuff came up. I looked at, like, high school highlights and stuff like that, and it's just it's crazy. You know, like, being in the moment, living through it, I mean, I was just kind of like taking it game by game. Didn't really care too much about my numbers, just about winning. You know, it's my senior year. I'm going to go off right. But, um, I mean, looking at it now, I mean, it's crazy. Like, you don't even hear those type of numbers, like, anywhere. It's like video game type stuff. But um, That was. That's what I'm saying. That's why I heard it, and I was like, wow, that's ridiculous. 2,000 in a season? Just receiving? <laughs> Come on now. Yeah, what blew me away was I heard that you scored on the first play of every game. Was that a thing, or is that just people talking? Yeah, like me, uh, our OC at the time, he um, just about every game, he always schemed up a first play to go out there and run. And there's always like a deep ball to me. Towards the end of the season, we started doing trick plays where it looked like it was going to be going to somebody else. And like teams kind of caught on to it, but they just couldn't like really stop it. But it was something that definitely happened every game. I mean, that was kind of like, it was definitely like the first maybe three plays 
definitely first play most games. So. Do you think that you were underrated at all? Like, I mean, I know you were like, what, 150-something in 24-7 sports and all that type of stuff, but you had all these all these yards, bro, like record-breaking stuff. And to me, I don't know. That that seems kind of low. I don't know if I'm tripping or anything, but did, did you ever feel that way? Um, Coming out of my sophomore year, you know, you're young, kind of have a big year. I had like over over 1,000 yards, maybe like 1,200. So I was like a four-star coming out. Junior year, kind of like dipped a little bit in production. And then they kind of like bring me down to a three-star in the summer. And like at that point, I just kind of like took that kind of personally, like going down to three-star. So, um, yeah, senior year happened. Um, well, during the summer, I committed to Stanford. And then um, got accepted to the school and everything. Senior year happened. And then I started going crazy since the first game. And, um, you know, while the season was going on, I mean, I didn't really have coaches contact me or anything because I was already committed. But um, I want to say maybe the first round of playoffs, I decided to decommit and commit to OU. Well, like before I committed to OU, you know, I told my high school coach, hey, I only want these three schools talking to me. They're all like close schools. I ended up taking an official to OU and official to TCU. And then, um, you know, after coming to OU and stuff, I just knew that I wanted to be here. Talking to Coach Gundy, uh, Coach Simmons, Coach Riley again, I mean, it felt pretty good. And um, I committed to OU. But, um, yeah, I mean, that probably like dipped my ranking a little bit, just not posting the whole decommitment thing out there. Just because I didn't really want like a whole bunch of coaches and stuff, like you know, calling my phone, texting my phone while all day while I was in school and stuff like that. Yeah, understandable. <laughs> uh, understandable. So you didn't tell anybody that you decommitted. You were just like, "I'm gonna tell Stanford," and this. Yeah, this I just like told Stanford. I was just like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna come anymore." You know, they were pretty upset about it. And I told my high school coach, contact coach Gundy, uh, TCU in Oklahoma State. Was it hard schools. to decommit? I, I've never I, – once I committed, I, I just stuck with OU. I didn't really talk to anybody else. So, yeah, was that I conversation late, tough? So, I didn't have that choice or I mean, yeah. opportunity or I didn't want to. So. <laughs> yeah, it was it was weird because, like, I – you know, like being a young kid, you know, stuff like that, you don't really – you don't really want to go into, like, confrontation and stuff like that. But um, my dad made me call the receiver coach and stuff, and it was like – it was just an awkward conversation. You know, especially being young, you like you don't want to sit there and like hear him try to do last little spiel. Like decisions already made. Like I'm not going to come to Stanford, so it was a difficult conversation. But at the end of the day, like something that had to happen. Understandable. So moving on to something a little bit more positive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> your your freshman your freshman year at OU man, uh, you you come in, you you have 35 plus catches, 600 plus yards. Were you surprised by the success that you had so early on? I mean, I mean, what you ended up being almost a unanimous freshman All American, and were you unanimous? Well, I don't even know if they have unanimous freshmen, but you were All American and all that type of stuff. So, uh, how was that? You know, I mean, it was crazy. You know, like coming in to OU, especially OU. You know, after CD Lamb leaves, it's like a real notable name at receiver. Um, just all the people they've had there for me to come in do things I did freshman year. I mean, it's something that I didn't even expect myself. You know, I've just been happy to, you know, be out there on the field. You know, at that time, I was starting at punt return. And I was like, I was happy to start at punt return. You know what I mean? Like a young guy stepping in, you just want to go out there and have an opportunity. But to have the season that I had, the numbers I put up, stuff like that, I mean, that's something I did not expect at all my freshman year. Well, I wasn't surprised when you started putting up numbers because once I saw you in practice, I was just like, this kid can fly. 
<laughs> nah, those were my first impressions. I was like, yeah, this kid definitely ran track. Like, there's there's no way he didn't. <laughs> yeah, that was my, the same impression. But my impression was not from practice. My impression was during the offseason when we ran the 40s. And they clocked you. They had all the older guys running. Or they had all the older guys on the lasers. And they had all the freshmen come in and do, like, hand times. And you clock something, like, crazy hand time. And then they're like, get over to the lasers. And you ran, like, the same thing on the lasers. And I was like, yo, that's, <laughs> that, that's nuts. Yeah. And that's yeah. what we had guys. We had guys that could run, too, at that time, too, you know. So I was like, but that's, like, freshmen coming in running that? That's gotten nuts. But yeah. that's my first impression that you could fly as well, so. Yeah, it's crazy Appreciate when I watch you when we when I run you when I watch you run, Marv, it looks so effortless. You know, it's it's not like Kennedy Brooks effortless. Like I don't know what his deal is, but <laughs> for you, bro, uh, your your mechanics are so smooth. It's just it's pretty cool to to watch you run. So little uh, little uh, positivity for you. But uh, moving on to like some football stuff, bro. We we got all the background out of the way. Tell us about what the people want to hear. The Texas toe tap. And we can also touch on the, the celebration between you guys, I guess. <laughs> they've already well, heard my they've already heard my side of the story. So now it's your side. Yeah. Well, that was a crazy play, you know, um 30 19. I'm gonna be honest, like, you know how they always like say like no to the situation, no all that stuff. I didn't know it was 30 19. Like going <laughs> that game, it was so hot, like I don't know about y'all, but, like, at the end of that game, I was hot. I was tired. I, I Like, my mentally, I was out of it. Like, yeah. I was lightheaded, all that stuff. So, like, they call the play. They know it's going to be covered, too. We call the play. And, like, I run my route. And, like, I'm probably, like, the top read on this this current route because of the play. Like, I run it. Corner's kind of right there in the way. So, I just take off. And, like, I beat him. Maybe have, like, a yard or two of separation. And I look back. I don't even, like, see Caleb. Next thing you know, he steps up in the pocket and we make like eye contact for like a quick second and he launches it. And like, I'm literally just like just eyeing the ball, not paying attention to anybody near me. Like, and I catch, like I'm feeling off the corner and stuff like that. And I go up for the ball and like my first instinct is like put something down like my foot or anything. Like if I'm be honest, like I didn't even know I was on the sideline, like any of that. And I land and I saw the red and then I got up like all happy and stuff. I wasn't sure if I was in or not. And I see B. Will running down full, like literally full speed. I'm looking at the ref and stuff. He picks me up, and like I try to get off of him, but he just holds me like so tight, couldn't get off of him. And I just started like wiggling, just a bunch of energy <laughs> let out. I mean, crowd went crazy. Like I had so much energy in that situation. So. Oh, that's what I told. That's what I uh, I told the pot. Or I told the pot earlier in the season when actually when it happened after the game was that you were looking at the ref trying to see like if you like had scored or anything and I was like no you scored you're good <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah well, that, was, that was that was funny sure. from my perspective like, I would go ahead Mark go ahead yeah it wasn't even like any words said like to anybody that came up to me in the end zone it was just like I like, honestly like everybody was just speechless like it was crazy you know, especially yeah. the game we we're having like coming back as much as we did like how much we were down how down bad we were like coming back in that situation that play 30-19 like basically like a Hail Mary type throw it, it was crazy from my perspective bro I didn't even know what was going on I just saw the crowd go crazy I didn't even know Braden picked you up I was just smiling <laughs> cheesing and yeah, it's all to be honest with you, the whole thing is a blur now. <laughs> yeah. 
I do. I do remember being tired, though, bro. Texas every year, man. So tired. So tiring. So hot, bro. I was cramping at halftime. I I was cramping after the game. I thought I fairly did. I thought I did a good job hydrating and everything, but it seems like it's never enough, especially. It's never enough because you just exert so much energy, bro. I remember. After the game, trying to get back to the locker room while everybody's on the field, asking you for pictures or, you know, whatever the case may be, bro, I, it took me like 10 minutes to get to the locker room. I was like, yo, I'm like hurting right now. So, yeah, every every year you're just exhausted. But Marvin, what do you think about the fans coming on the field after the game? That normally doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, that was – I mean, it's happened to us a couple times this year, but that was the first time it happened. But – um. I mean, it was crazy. It was wild. They didn't – I don't think they came as fast as I thought, as I think I remember. But, like, just people coming up to me and stuff, asking for pictures and stuff, like smelling alcohol and then they breath and all that junk, like them in my face. Like, <laughs> it's kind of like like a, like a backup type thing. <laughs> At the end of the day, like, I was just, like, chilling, taking pictures and stuff. But, um, yeah, I, mean, I was trying to look for my family and, like, people kept coming up asking for pictures. And, you know, I, I wouldn't – I didn't want to be, like, me, like, nah, I'm not taking a picture, like. I was taking pictures, found my sister, and I found my parents, and like trying to sit there and talk to them. And then people still coming up asking for pictures. It was wild. I was out there for at least like twenty minutes, bro. That's I was out there for a while. That's exactly how I felt. I didn't want to be rude, so I kept taking pictures. I'm like, bro, you're you're sweating, and I'm sweating, and your breath smells like alcohol. I'm just like, ugh. Yeah, (laughs) it's not it's not an ideal situation. That normally doesn't happen. After it the does, Texas yeah. game, normally they uh they let us be. Did you see me wave the flag? What did you think of my my flag I, waving skills? I didn't. I didn't see anything. Like I didn't get in the picture with the gold hat. I didn't see you wave the flag. I didn't see anything. I was like, I was literally like, basically like in my own world. Like people coming up to me, I couldn't even get in the picture. Like, I look at the picture like to this day, like oh, I'm not even in it. Like, wow. Yeah, no, I always make sure I get in the pictures. I'll never <laughs> get in the pictures. <laughs> Got to get in front. On me. It's all right, bro. Everybody's going to remember your name forever after that game. So I think you'll be okay. True that. <laughs> hey, but uh, moving on to what we got going on currently, you know, Lincoln's out the door. Um, A lot of moving pieces going on in Norman. But Venables is, was, has come in, brought in Lebby. Uh, do you have – any first impressions or any thoughts on those guys? What do you What do you think about them? I mean, yeah, I mean, listening to both of them talk, especially Coach Venables, you know, I kind of told him, like, the way he came in and stuff, like, we kind of needed that, like, as a team. You know, it had been kind of like a defeated week. No one really showing up to work out the facility, like, people doing their own thing. You know, he came in with some energy. It kind of brought everybody back to life. So, like, you know, him as a person, you know, the things he values, the things he speaks on, um, Stuff he said during the team meeting, like, I'm bought into it. Like, I'm excited to have him here. And as far as Coach Levy goes, I mean, I've talked to him a couple times. Uh, seems like another great guy, um, especially with his resume, you know, the offenses he's had in the past. I mean, they're real good, explosive offenses, um, passing and running. But, yeah, um, that weekend I also recruited. I, had, I was also doing the recruiting, um, the officials. So I was able to eat dinner with them, catch up with them even more. But it was crazy. Because you have, like, recruits and stuff asking you questions. And, like, bro, you've probably talked to him more than I have. Like, yeah, at like, this point. You know what I I'm saying? Know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I can't answer anything for you unless it relates to Norman, Oklahoma. So, but, yeah, two great guys. I mean, I, 
I'm excited for it. It feels like they're going to turn around this program. It's something that we definitely needed. You know, I feel like there's a different energy right now in the locker room with the team. For sure. That's funny that you say that <laughs> because everybody that has, you know, announced that they're coming, staying back, and he's basically meeting, has met with all the younger guys, you know, you, Braden. I didn't, I was telling Braden that I didn't get a chance. I wasn't on the, the meet with Jay Hall list. You know, I just, had, I just had to go up there and talk to him myself. Uh, so I thought that was pretty funny. Matter of fact, I just ran into uh, Venables at, at Qdoba about two hours ago. So, oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't. Oh, even, yeah. What? Yeah, I forgot right. to tell you that, Braden. Yeah, before we. Big Doba fan? On. Yeah, he, he was just that Doba. I was with a friend and she was like, is that who I think it is? He had on a hat. I, I didn't recognize him. He was in front of me. And I was like, I think. I was like, Coach, <laughs> I don't. I don't think he wanted to turn around because he didn't. You know, people probably always mess with him and stuff. But he turned around and he told me congratulations on graduating and everything. So hmm, that's I just cool. had to throw that out there. But Marv, man, before we let you go, is there anything that you want to talk about? Anybody you want to shout out? Um, family, sisters, brothers, friends. You know, man, just shout out to my family. Like, appreciate y'all for everything y'all do for me. Appreciate y'all, especially the H backs. Yes, Mr. Do everything's, you know. Yeah, uh, hopefully, after this, I'll be an honorable H back. We'll see, though. We'll for see sure. Y'all accept me, but uh, I appreciate y'all for letting me come on here for real. Like, I saw a little screenshot y'all did on Twitter, y'all above the Pat McAfee show. Yeah, like, I've never watched the Pat McAfee show, but I always see clips of it and stuff, so that's pretty big. Like, I'm happy for y'all, proud of y'all. Like, I, I appreciate y'all for letting me come on here. Marv, do you like listen to the pod at all, or why are you just I have listened to it a little bit? I'm okay. following on Twitter, everything. Like, I saw y'all are doing something. I had to buy into a little bit. Oh, oh my God. So. <laughs> my God. <laughs> Definitely honorary H back after this. For sure. Appreciate if it makes you feel any better, bro, we wanted to get you on her earlier, but uh, we the, the the weekend Pat got came on, we were going to have you because you had like three catches. I think it was te- – was it Texas? No, it was another game. But you had like two or three touchdowns and crazy stats. But Pat won that award, and so – I was like, well, I think we're going to get the old head on here. But you've been highly requested, so I couldn't go throughout the year without Actually, anyone. funny story, thinking about, like, how basically one of those weeks right after we were about to have him on and what Mar just said kind of reminded me of that and what you said both kind of reminded me of it. Mar saying honorary H-back. You remember, like, right after that week we were about to have him on, He uh, we call a tempo play. And Marv lines up in line. <laughs> and I was like, he's really about to go, line up as the H-Man. He gets in a three-point stance, lines up in line and everything. It was ready to go. I was like, okay. Bro, oh. That was crazy because, like, we had, like, some type of formation. Me and Drake were both in. And so, like, they called a little tempo play. And I'm looking at Drake, and Drake keeps going out to receivers. So I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to have to go be a tight end. So I even <laughs> – I didn't even know what I was doing because Drake, I thought Drake was going to do it, like, go block and stuff. But he was, like, a little banged up. And I was like, oh, man, I'm about to go down in there. So I went down I think, there, got a little three-point stance. I was about to down block probably as hard as I ever have in my life. And then they uh, <laughs> changed the play, bro. They were like, no, like, no, no. When they caught that, man, my head was, like, spinning. I was like, oh, what do I do? Like, do I pull? Do I do this? Like, <laughs> man, 
Oh, that was hilarious. We, we got to keep that like in our memory because that was funny. I forgot. I completely forgot about that until you. That was up. so funny. And the craziest thing was you lined up where you're supposed to and everything. Like he was actually like <laughs> yeah. we could have ran a play, but yeah, For sure. Well, Marvin, that is uh just shows how much of a team player you are. But uh, thank you for coming on to the pod, man. Um, appreciate you. Love you. And uh, we'll see you in the morning. <laughs> Love yes, y'all sir. boys too. Appreciate y'all for having me. All right, baby. All right, ladies and gentlemen, next on the podcast on the prairie, another special guest. We now welcome on Fox Sports college football reporter, writer at the Athletic, host of the Audible podcast, and a New York Times best selling author. He's one of the biggest figures in college football media, Bruce Feldman. Bruce, what's up, man? Thank you for coming on to the pod. Thank you for having me, guys. It's good to be on with you. Oh, yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Maybe our numbers will go up a little bit more after this, man. I heard <laughs> you got all those followers on Twitter. <laughs> Saying I need to kind of catch up. You got 400,000. I mean, you kind of leaving me in the dust a little bit. I suppose <laughs> I'm a lot older than you two. That's why. <laughs> yeah, true. He got enough, a little bit enough. more time in the game. <laughs> fair enough. Speaking of a lot of followers, um, not sure if you saw, but we got to interview Caleb Williams last week. Um, you had a great career and uh, but do you feel threatened by the podcast on the prairie? You know, we got to him first. Uh, I do a little bit. You guys are working the inside angle. I think that's smart. So um, I think you guys were the first ones to have him anywhere. So, you know, you got an assist from your old coach who wasn't letting him talk and good for you guys for making that happen. <laughs> that it definitely was a, a interesting um launch morning i can say yeah that it just it just came with a lot of uh it, you know it just a little bit of setbacks all the everybody on the pod knows what happened we had to set it back we had it released for 5 a.m and just a lot went into that so i mean yeah. I, when people say they appreciate us getting caleb on a pod i actually like genuinely like oh like thank you that means a lot to me because it actually took a lot yeah I'm sure good. Hey, you guys got to call in your favors. I mean, you know, that's we all kind of do that at some point. You guys, you guys were smart enough to to leverage a, a real asset there. Yeah, for sure. Like Braden said, we definitely had to make sure that we crossed all our T's and dotted all our I's on that one. So didn't want to put the young guy in a bad position. But Bruce, getting more about you and and your life, how often are you on your phone this time of year with? Coaches being fired, people in the transfer portal. How how is your sanity right now? Uh, my sanity is okay. It's just constant, right? Though it's just this time of year where it's like even as of like three minutes ago, where it's like something you know is was in the works and it might fall through. Um, and so there's a lot of times where if you look at how I report stuff, it'll be like so and so is expected to, even though the deal might be already agreed to stuff falls through sometimes. Right. And so you just try to cover it a little bit. Um, you know, as you guys are in the middle of it where, I mean, look, when Lincoln left the day he was getting announced out here at USC was a Monday. I think there was a lot of people thought Bill was going to leave with him. Now he wasn't with Benny and Dennis and, and Grinch, um, here, but I think people thought, all right, Bill's going to get there. And then over the course of, I don't know, a week, 
you know, that it didn't sound like Bill was going to go. And, you know, his wife is from Oklahoma and obviously had a good situation there. So, so he stayed, but I think some of these things, you know, that expression is a fluid situation. It's often a fluid situation. Yeah. Sure. You know, I thought, I honestly, I didn't know anything about what was going on in terms of negotiations or decision-making, but I thought Bill was going to go too. you know, his relationship with coach Riley was pretty, was pretty good. I don't know about you, Braden, but. Yeah, I definitely thought he was going. And then, you know, just I I thought he was going for the simple fact that Coach B is a great coach. He's a great offensive line coach, and that's someone that you want to have under your wing. So I just thought there would be, like, under any circumstance, Coach Riley be, would try to get him there. But, you know, as I dove deeper into, you know, like I was talking to some of the staff members and found out some of this stuff, like you said, like his wife being here from here and everything, I was like, okay, it makes a little bit more sense then, you know. It makes sense for sure, but I thought he was definitely going at first as well. Yeah, that's a big win for OU to keep him. I mean, he's as good as there is, and as you guys know, probably know better than me, um, he's vital to that offense and what Lincoln's been able to do in the run game. So um, that, you know, I don't want to say that softens the blow of Lincoln going, but it's just like, you know, that's a big piece. And so um, I think when just on the UFC side, you know, there was a – the previous staff had the air raid offense, you know, Graham Harrell was a great quarterback and at Texas tech. And you know, obviously Lincoln comes from that same tree, but your air raid is different than their air raid. I don't even know if you call it that in Norman or, you know, but Bill was a big part of that. So um, obviously it's a physical team, physical game. You guys keep cranking out offensive linemen, you know, you don't have to, you know, watch too many NFL games to see here's Creed Humphrey or here's Orlando Brown or, you know, it's a bunch of dudes that he's put in the league. So I think that bodes well for Brent to keep him. For sure. Bruce, speaking of Coach Riley departing, what are your thoughts on head coaches and the staff leaving prior to the bowl games that are being played this time of year? It's tough. You know, I think this was a little different than the – the Brian Kelly situation, because they were still at a chance to make the playoff. Like what I wonder about is you guys played the Bedlam game and it's like, you know, I, my crew had done a bunch of those games where you guys won handily. You guys could have won that game. It could have gone either other way. What happens if it did, right? You know, then they're probably, my guess is they're probably announcing Matt Campbell as the new coach at USC and Lincoln's got the big 12 title game. And potentially if you guys won that, playoff game so then i don't think you can leave so it's just a weird dynamic i think it's made the timetable has gotten crazier because of the early signing period right so that forced a lot of people's hands and stuff and that ramped up the timetable and i don't know if they'll push back the early signing period because it's like it's had some unintended consequences like they they did that to to lessen the headache on coaching staffs and on recruits but now maybe it's caused an additional problem and you guys and other play other teams and other players were kind of caught in the middle of it. Yeah, that's all I was telling Braden last week. It's I think it needs to be addressed, but I'm not sure how because of the signing day and you know, everybody starts back school at different times, some the first week of January, some the second, some maybe even the third. So there's that to consider, like you said, the the recruiting aspect of it. So I'm not sure what the solution is, but in my opinion, I, I just I don't like it. It's kind of cringy. You know, I know it's part of business and I know that, you know, it kind of is what it is right now. But I'm honestly just eh, 
just makes my heart feel some type of way. I'm not sure if I if I like it really. And that's no that's no diss to Riley or anything, but just all around in, in college football, you know, like you said, um, those boys up north, they still had a chance to make the playoffs. And so, yeah, it's it's just kind of weird. Uh, I'm just uh, I don't know. Do you do you have a solution to it at all? What do you I, think? I don't know if I do. I would say you know move it back. Like you guys would have the like this is a this is a especially you know, odd time because you have a lot of guys who may be six year seniors because of the COVID year, but like, you know, there's a bunch of guys who are deciding, do I go into the NFL draft? Do I stay? You know, that deadline I want to say is always like in the middle of January. I don't know if it makes more sense to move the early signing period at that point. It's it's not really that much. It's two weeks earlier than the actual, you know, the old signing day. So I don't know if that's the solution. You know, I do know it's really hard. Like, you know, you were talking before about, you know, breaking news and stuff like that, where it's really tricky, where a lot of times I may hear of something. And let's say it's an O-line coach at, at some school. I've heard that he's leaving to take another job. You know, invariably, I may reach out to that person to confirm if it's true. And he'll say, yeah, it's true. But can you wait X hours? Because I want to, you know, tell my guys, tell the players and you know i'll always respect that just because you know it's not you know whatever a twitter scoop is not it's relative it is what it is but like you know the the thing i never wanted to say is um you know so and so is expected to become the new offensive line coach at at xyz uh he's about to tell the players well no he's not you just told the players you know kind of thing if you put it out there so it's just like you know, I thought Mario Cristobal handled the Oregon exit about as well as he probably could have. He had an interesting twist to it, which was he had a players only meeting. And I don't think the coaches found out, the staff didn't find out until after. And I think, and I didn't ask him this directly, but I think some of why he did that was once you call a team meeting formally, let's say the team meetings at 930 in the morning, people are going to go, well, why is he calling the team meeting? That you're obviously telling them you're going to leave or as soon as he says it and tells the staff, you know, there's more likely stuff gets out from the staff than it necessarily gets out from the players. I'm not saying the players wouldn't run to Twitter. The players wouldn't tell, you know, their high school coach, their parents, whatever, you know, but I feel like maybe that stuff doesn't quite get out just as fast as maybe a head coach or, you know, a tight ends coach texts somebody at another staff and then all of a sudden it's out, you know? So, um, there's really no easy solutions to any of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And uh, sounds like you're pretty plugged in. So my question is like, what are, you know, you being our inside source and everything, what are, what is everybody kind of saying about the uh, BV hire around college football? Like, is there like any, like, obviously there's buzz around it, but is there any positives, any negatives or, you know, what, what are people saying really? I think people like it in that he has been there. He knows the place really well. Um, He has also been there when it was a key part of them winning a national title. He also went to Clemson and was a huge part of Dabo Sweeney winning more than one national title, right? So those bode well. The part that I think if you're a OU fan, I think you got to say, all right, the guy who hired him, he hired two first-time head coaches before. Neither guy, one guy was offense, one guy was defense. Obviously, one guy was Bob, one guy was Lincoln. Both those hires turned out great. They weren't like, obviously, the Bob hire, you know, I just was at Bob's Hall of Fame deal in Vegas, whatever, two weeks ago. A-plus hire. I mean, Lincoln didn't win a national title there, but he had you guys in playoffs, and he's obviously, that was that was a really good hire, too. So 
Joe C knows what he's doing. Um, I think you guys have really good leadership there just from my little time around, you know, I was impressed with your president when the way he, his personality, his presence, and I know Bob thinks highly of him and, you know, Bob thinks highly of somebody in that position. That's, that matters. Right. So I think you guys have good leadership, you know, I do. And that's, that's critical. Right. So, um, you know, it was funny. I don't know if you guys saw the video of Brent on the plane coming over and he gets the baseball hat and he puts it on and, you know, Brent's like 51 now or so. And, you know, I know one of his buddies is the Texas tech AD because they played linebacker together at K state. And so I know, you know, heard some, some stuff about Brent back when he was 20 years old and everything like that and high energy. But when you see, you know, him do this, you can kind of look and say, okay, that's the old linebacker who was probably the toughest guy in every room he was always in. You can kind of see the in his eye a little bit, you know, that kind of, that kind of glimmer and everything. And I always heard the energy he had as a recruiter from the guys who were on the staff with him back when he was in Norman. So I, I like the hire. I, I'm a little surprised that he ended up taking it just because he's had opportunities he hadn't before, right. but he took this. And so I think, um, you know, I think he's got he's at the ground running with his staff. It's going to be interesting to see when you take that Baylor UCF Ole Miss hybrid to mix it with what Bill does offensively. Um, you know, that's going to be fun to see what that looks like, you know. So um, I'm excited to see see where it goes from here. That's what I was getting ready to say next. What do you think about the uh, coordinator? What are, what are people saying about the coordinators that he's hired as well? You know, what, are, what is college football saying about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, on the defensive side, I, I don't know how, you know, it's like, we'll see how that goes. I'm not saying it's negative or not, but I think in terms of just like, look, Levy has put up a ton of points in the last, you know, pretty much everywhere he's been. But I think when you get what they've done, and it's funny is like I had a um, a game where my, my Fox crew did the Mountain West title game and the OC there um anthony tucker is was with him at ucf and they do a lot of the you know you're gonna be standing almost on the sidelines that's how much they stretch it out but then some of the you know everybody does their own wrinkles like tucker's case he came from jeff tedford's system at fresno so there was a bunch of different route concepts maybe that were a little you know wrinkles so now you're going to get bill's wrinkles plus you probably have some elaine stuff that's been incorporated into it too um I don't know. We'll see if we'll see if they value the we'll see if they value the H back tight end fullback guy as much as as much as Lincoln did. I know that was the big deal for the last six years. For sure. Well, I mean, we'll see. I've had good conversations with them, and I mean, they have. I feel I feel like if they have it, they'll use it. I feel like they're those type of guys. So we'll see what happens. I'm like, if you don't know. I'm straddling the fence on coming back or not. So I'm still trying to fill out the guys. I, I had a lot of conversations with uh, Coach Levy and, and you know, there's more filling out to do, but I, I've had a good feeling for him. So it's just interesting to see what everybody else is saying, you know. Yeah, I think, I mean, look, I, I think they know, they're like you said, they're going to use, if they have weapons, I think that's the thing that they're really good at, right? So, I mean, you kind of know that, this war these are guys we can count on these are guys who give like the defense problems right i remember going back to hearing lincoln talk about dimitri in some of our production meetings about like you know i think it was baker was the quarterback but like this guy might be the smartest football player we got that's not a knock on anybody else and we're going to do 
all these things with him, right? And I think they that opened their eyes to some stuff. And I think that they know, like, you know, there were, I think there were things you looked at what Ole Miss was able to do that they incorporated that maybe weren't in that system before, but hey, we got some resources here. We're going to utilize them because they're difference makers. I mean, so that's the, that's going to be the fun part, I think, for football people to see how this thing evolves because it's going to evolve with, you know, the, you know, the different minds now that are involved in the, in the, you know, the cooking process and the game planning process. For sure. I'm looking forward to seeing it as well. Um, I'm not, I'm I'm not coming back, you know, I'm, I'm pursuing my, my dreams to the NFL. So I'm, uh, I'm waiting or not waiting. I can't wait to play this last one against Oregon, but uh, like Braden said, I am looking forward to the offense. I have, heard some bits and pieces of what it'll look like but uh, we'll wait and see moving on to something a little bit different outside of Oklahoma football Bruce what do you think about Deion Sanders and those guys over there at Jackson State how long do you think it could take them and that program to turn into a legit college football power or do you think that they have the ability to do so well, if he keeps getting big time players, I mean, this was the number one prospect in the country. I mean, you can't doubt him, right? I mean, he's Deion Sanders. And I think a lot of people, myself included, I think you wondered how long is he going to want to be there, right? Um, will somebody, you know, hire him away? I mean, there was a couple of FBS programs. I know Southern Miss talked to him. I know TCU interviewed him. I mean, if... I think what's really cool just from having a lot of friends who went to HBCUs about the visibility he's he's brought and maybe opened some people's eyes, maybe opened a lot of recruits' eyes. Um, you know, if you're a defensive back, in, can you get better than him as as a mentor or just kind of walk you through that process? And there's other – it's not just Dion. Like, I mean, you know, his defense coordinator, Dennis Thurman, I mean, he's – maybe your parents will remember that name, but he was a really good DB for the Cowboys and he coached the NFL. I mean, I remember when he coached at USC, you know, there are guys on, it's not just Dion. It's a lot of guys on that staff who have a lot of NFL years. So resource wise, do they have the facility of SEC programs? No, but there's a lot of expertise there. And I think when you look at a lot of these schools and HBCUs, I think you look at a lot of these FCS programs. I mean, what you see when you watch NFL games, you can a lot of really good players have been developed at a lot of different places that may not be on your TV on Saturday afternoons or Saturday night. So, um, you know, as long as, you know, the question is, will somebody else try to hire Dion away? that happens i mean we know guys can jump in the portal and then that changes things so it'll be very interesting to see where this goes but that was the biggest wow moment of a signing day i can remember in 20 plus years of covering this stuff yeah that's definitely not something that i was expecting i don't really keep up with recruiting much however i am supportive of dion and what he's doing over there and uh, for that program you know i, I have you know no what is it? They no horse in the fight or no? What what's the saying? No dog in the fight. No dog uh, in the fight. Yeah, horse so, in the race. Yeah, yeah you created yeah. a new one there. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, horses don't fight, but you know I have I I I'm not leaning towards any side. I just I just want to see the program do good and HBCUs as a whole have success. Bruce, last question that we have for you, man, and then we'll let you go. We asked Jason this question 
Do you have any notable interactions with head coaches where they were upset with something you wrote? Sure. Um, I'm trying to think of the latest one. Um, God, I got to think about that for a minute, but it's definitely, look, I'm sure Dan Mullen wasn't thrilled with what I wrote, you know, like about two weeks before he got fired. You know, we do. So I worked on a recruiting story where we were like talking to a bunch of uh, SEC coaches. Well, I was talking to a bunch of coaches, but some guys in the SEC. And uh, one of them was talking about the difference between Georgia and Florida, how they play and talked and talked and and then i kind of got off the phone i was like man i think there's a different story here like we were going to use that for the story itself but just in terms of like it went took me down a different rabbit hole about like what do sec coaches think about how florida plays and why are they so why are they underachieving right now so we did this story and i talked to i don't know a dozen sec coaches um it was not a flattering portrait of them but it got a lot of traction and then story came out on like a tuesday and um, on the weekend, I remember I was at like my son at a football game. I came back and I remember one of my colleagues said, you ought to retweet your story right now. And I had been offline for about three hours. And I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, right now, South Carolina's beating Florida like 40 to 10. I was like, what? And so it was basically like, here's a great, here's a prime example of what's gone wrong with Florida. And then they obviously got blown out by South Carolina. And then the next week they gave up like 42 in the first half to, uh, to Samford, you know, it was like an under 500 FCS team. And then it just kind of downward spiraled from there. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, you're trying to be fair to people, but also you're, you're also trying to trying to serve your readers. Right. So um, I'd like to think I haven't ticked off as many people as Jason has, but you don't know. So yeah, I Jason think has Jason, funny stories of his time on the OU beat. I he'll have to share them with you on his own. But there's one particular one that's hilarious. But um, so I'll leave it at that. Yeah, getting leave that to him. Yeah, yeah I he, definitely, has, he owes you to tell you one of them. It's just such a head scratcher. But I definitely got that feel from Jason when he came on the pod. Man, he's he's a character. I, I love my bald brother though. That's what we call ourselves. Yeah, he in the pandemic he started growing a beard. And man, we joked. I was like, "You look like you're like a mini Arn Anderson," and uh, like Jim Ross would appreciate it. It's like some old pro wrestler, and I was like, "Just not the Jason persona that I'm going for." But pandemic brings out all sorts of things from us, so. <laughs> doesn't it? Though, man, Bruce, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast on the Prairie. We appreciate you. Like we said, hopefully, um, your retweet this time of this episode. <laughs> Might might get us some 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 views or or stuff like that, but honestly, Did Caleb retweeters. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. It, it took him a while. I was gonna have to get on him, but he. You know, he you did. need you need to have when <laughs> you need to have Jr. on the podcast because he has like over a million followers, and he's on the sideline of most of your games. And I'll give you one like piece of advice if you want to ask him this. I don't know if either any of you guys are pro wrestling fans or were when you were younger. But you'll have a great story if you ask him about Andre the Giant uh, beer consumption on a plane and a, a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> Whoa, what? Okay, Alex, I think he's writing that down. Our producer's got I'm telling you. And have JR retweet it. JR has way more Twitter, Twitter poll than me. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll uh, shoot him a snippet 
of this podcast and tell them you have to come on because Bruce told us that you need to. Yeah, come the on. Andre the Giant, the Andre the Giant drinking on the plane and the KFC bucket story. Got you. Okay. Bruce, is there anything that you want to leave to our followers? Any shout outs you want to give kids, um, friends, parents, anything? Mm-hmm. No, I'm just going to say um, I've enjoyed my, I always enjoy my time at, in uh, Norman, especially get to go near the, um, you guys have a, you know, now that they put us up by the old embassy suites, right? I'm sorry. Hang on one second. All right, I'm getting taken over here by one. Back away. <laughs> All right, sorry. I'm going to have to mute this. We have, we have seven-year-old twins, and the other one just showed up. So, All good, Bruce. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. Bruce Feldman, thank you so much for joining the pod. And that is all we got. That is a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, I want to give a special shout out to our guys, Bruce and Marvin, for coming on to the podcast on the Prairie. Coming up next, guys, you already know how we do it. Listeners submit a questions. However, this time, there won't be any questions. We're going to be doing something a little bit different. This past weekend, we've received a lot of love on the podcast page, on our page, in the comment section. And we thought it would only be fair to read off some of the tweets that you guys sent us, man, the the DMs and everything. So me and Braden, real quick, I'm going to go back and forth. And you just might hear your name called. We're going to hit off a few. So Bear with us, tune in, stay on, and we're going to wrap this thing up. So here we go. Our first one, Curtis Cooper on Twitter. His at is CWCooper810. They said, great work, Jeremiah Hall and Brady Willis was only able to listen to the beginning earlier. He was at Disneyland. Just finished, though. I know. I want to know what y'all cut out of it, LOL. Caleb, glad to know we aren't the only ones suffering through constant snickers. Oh, Snicks. Ah, Sneakers. L's. The the sneaker app. Well, let me touch on this. There was just like 10 seconds cut out of the last interview, guys. There wasn't too much. You guys didn't miss It wasn't a lot. Yeah. We gave you guys the entire thing. You know, there were just some things that, you know, naturally ums, uhs, pauses, things like that. So (laughs) you guys didn't miss out on any critical information. But moving on to our next tweet or DM all right. Brady. all right i'm gonna hit this off with something a little bit different than twitter and instagram i'm gonna go to our buy me a coffee page and uh our two biggest coffee donors were mike smith and sooner tina now look i don't know if y'all can see this we'll probably put a clip on there but I got me a coffee now. Someone said that you might be able to buy a lot of coffees now. Well, it started. So shout out to everybody for <laughs> buying a coffee. And especially shout out Mike Smith and at Sooner Tina. Shout out y'all. Guys, if you don't know about our coffees, feel free to tap the link tree on our page, the podcast on the Prairie Pages, and go take a look. You know, go see all the love that Sooner Nation has showed us. Thank you guys so much. And buy us a coffee. Buy Braden a coffee. Buy my producer, Alex, several coffees because he's the real genius behind this. But going back to the tweet, Stephanie Miller at Stephanie Miller on Twitter says, not skipping 
the personal news part, I'm all in. Sam Whitaker at M Bayfield on Twitter also said, we won't skip your personal live. Love you dudes. Thank you guys for not skipping our personal news and updates. It means a lot. Shows that you care. Brayden, what you got next? All right, going next, I have a person from Twitter that personally had me and my mom crying. If y'all didn't know, my mom listens to the podcast, listens to every second of it. Shout out mama again. Well, my mom also goes on Twitter and looks at the comments and replies and quote, quoted tweets and everything like that. And sometimes we are dying at some of the comments that y'all put. Well, uh, last week, if I don't know if you saw this, Jay, but uh, Brad Crawford was putting like these movie clips and all these different clips together and then putting our faces on them. And it was the funniest thing ever. Like there was one with all the guys, the VV, there was one with uh Caleb and I and there was one with you and Caleb and they were just so funny I was crying at them last week so uh there was one like uh there was one with all of us in there uh like uh what's the uh what's the what's the little podcast the little breakfast Breakfast club Club. thank you Alex thank you the breakfast club and we were all sitting there and it was just so funny having all of our faces there. Like it was actually like, cause that's like a podcast type deal too. So it's kind of funny him relating that to that. And so shout out Brad. All That's all I'm going to say. Shout out Brad. Cause he was having me and my mom dying last week. So. Yo, same. My mom kept sending them to me, bro. I was rolling, like dying, laughing. That that guy kept me entertained for at least a, at least a half an hour. I kept replaying it over and I over. I watched all of them. <laughs> I did too. Shout out to our guy Brad. Going back to Twitter, Enrique Perez at Oklahoma Sooner. He says, I have never met you in person, young man, but I can just tell you you will excel at anything you do. Boomer Sooner. Appreciate you, Enrique. Josh Crawford at Josh underscore squat. Josh underscore Crawford 84. On Twitter, on one of the comments, he said, man, I love the pod. Y'all are absolutely the best. One that I need to acknowledge, Geoff Newman at G Numi on Twitter. He says, I listened to it today for the first time. Any word on if you have the top players podcast among college football? Ladies and gentlemen, we thought we had it last week prior to the Caleb Williams interview. Now, without a doubt in my mind, I am almost certain that we have the top podcast in college football, baby. The Oklahoma Sooners are number one in your hearts. Not number one on on the field this year, but we'll get to it. And we're number one on the podcast, baby. I love y'all. We can't do it without you guys. So shout out to the fans for that. Braden, you got any more? Another one I got a lot of interactions with last week, uh, Aaron Simpson. I mean, I just got a lot of interactions with him last week. So, I mean, I I try to, like I said, I try to respond as much as possible on uh, social media. So, especially on Twitter, Twitter is a little bit easier to see everything. So, uh, shout out Aaron Simpson. We just had a lot of interactions last week. Okay. I got one more. I got one more. There's somebody that we love, somebody that we miss, somebody who is a former Sooner, who we should probably get on the podcast soon. I don't know why I haven't reached out to him. 
my big man, my old center, Creed Humphrey, baby. No at needed. You already know who the man is. The legend of Oklahoma, the future all pro rookie, the all, you know, everything, man. He is number one in my heart. Creed said, proud of y'all. Epitone of hashtag OUDNA in this picture. Not only were they inspirations on the field, they made even bigger impact off the field. Congrats at Jeremiah Hall, at Caleb Kelly, at Patrick Fields. And we're just going to say at Braden Willis because he is part of that as well. So big shout out to Creed, man. We got to get you on the podcast here soon. You know, I, that would be good. I know that a lot would, of people like to see that. Yeah, that would be a All huge right. episode. Two more, and we'll say some more for, I guess, the next part whenever you have time. Uh, Julie Lee, a lot of likes, a lot of activity. So shout out Julie Lee. And then a <laughs> little uh, feel-good moment for me from at Huck underscore WA. This is under my uh, what I wanted to come out of the video tweet, uh, the interview tweet. He said, I appreciate CW13, but it's hard to deny you're on time when we need it most with important catches. Seems to be your forte, but see how important you have been for this program. Hashtag God bless you. Well, first off, God bless you. And thank you. You know, it, it's just, you know, as H-backs and tight ends, you know, sometimes it just feels good to get a little recognition from, uh, you know, for for us guys. So I know Jay Hall as well. I mean, y'all know Jay Hall had like, seven touchdowns when we crucially needed, especially coming back from uh, Kansas State, going to Kansas State game when our offense was sputtering a little bit, getting us back on track. So uh, we really appreciate stuff like that. So thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys so much for supporting us and interacting with the page and, and so much more. So once again, thank you. I can't say it enough. All right, Sooner Nation, that is all we got for this episode of the podcast on the prairie also by the way merry christmas happy holidays enjoy this week everyone be safe merry christmas everybody